Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Today, I'm talking to my friends Kathy and Jeannie about raising boys. I don't have boys, so I had to call in some experts. They have both boys and girls, so we talked about the difference between raising a boy and a girl and having the talk with the boys and and talking about drugs and masturbation and porn, and I think it's a really good podcast. I learned a lot since I don't have boys. I did learn that my youngest is sort of a boy, so um, I don't know. I learned a lot. I hope you learn a lot, too. And I hope you enjoy. I rode my bicycle past your window last night. I roller skated to your door at daylight. It almost seems like you're avoiding me. I'm okay. It was get your mic. It was literally the first time that I laughed that hard and I felt guilty about it. Like a little bit because I was like, you know, you feel like after someone like that, you know, after yeah. you lose your dad or your mom, like that you're not allowed to laugh like that again. But I like even woke up the next morning feeling happy. Aww. So it is a superpower. And I was so happy you were gonna say I was like, please say please say make people laugh. Please say make people laugh. Because it's so true. It is not everybody has that like I can't make people laugh like that. Like we, we can't do that. That's pretty amazing. Well, any consolation, I, I was just gonna share this with you before you said that. Um and the today I was I was walking with Leanne and I saw your house and I was envious of you and Darren because you guys seem to have shit locked down so much and I thought I want to do what Darren does he gets up he runs he's healthy he's lo- he loves his job like I was like and here I am sick as shit and going through this like depression where I'm like I just want to get better I want to get healthy I want to be skinny I want to fucking have my shit in control so I will pass that forward back to you Aww. and not to take away from this amazing podcast you're about to listen to because that the subject today is well you say it you have the mic <laughs> raising boys the most important conversation from a man who is in the midst of what is this this masculine crisis in america the toxic masculinity that was embedded in my childhood i didn't ask for it it was embedded i said a joke on stage the other day that really freaked everyone out i didn't ask to learn the word faggot. The, the three brothers in my neighborhood held me down and tried to shove an ice cube up my ass and yelled faggot at me. That is how I learned that word. So it's like that toxic masculinity was, was a gift given unto us that we didn't ask for. And now we're getting asked to rescind it. And I'm like, I, I, I'm all for that. But how do you raise a boy in this country and still allow him to be a man who can change a tire and chop down a tree, but also is ultimately super sensitive so that is, um, thank God I don't have a fucking boy. Thank God. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> thank God indeed, right? <laughs> I am glad you don't have you a You don't boy. even have a male pet, do you? No. A cat. Oh, you have a He's male allergic, cat. though. <laughs> <laughs> Our cat is, uh, is a boy. You even got yourself a boy dog. 
No, 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 no. Because the dogs, are, all the pets are ultimately mine. You need another penis in this house. No, 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 no. <laughs> Gus's penis has been whacked anyway, so he's the only penis in the house. He's enough. Right, Believe I'm gonna go me. For a hike, and I'll be back. All right, I'm going to walk up to Fryman from here, do Fryman, and then walk back. Okay. Well, that's a good one. Enjoy the podcast, guys. All right. So raising boys. I don't have boys. <laughs> I wanted boys. I you was did? Con- I did. I was convinced I was having boys. I didn't think because um, I'm not a super feminine woman. I'm not masculine, but I'm not a girly girl by any means, I don't think. Um, and I never have been. I thought I'm not going to know what to do with a girl. Um, and now I'm, you know, I'm, of course, glad to have. I was going to say, have. you got this girl thing down. You're uh, good. I got the girl thing down, sort of. I think maybe it's helpful to not be a girly girl sometimes to raise a girl, you know, to not get into that girly girl stuff. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It's worked out the best because I think Bert would be a nightmare dad for a boy. I think he would have been a nightmare. I think he would have shoved an ice cube up the kid's <laughs> asshole and called him faggot to toughen him up. I don't think he would have been as, um, I don't know, gentle or like open hearted with a boy as he is with girls. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because, and I'm glad our gardener showed up now. Yeah. <laughs> Right now, did you? So, did you know that Max was a boy? We did. Yeah. Yeah. I found out too, yeah. uh, just because I'd had all this crazy stuff happen before. You I, did? Well, I had a ectopic pregnancy before. I oh, had that's Elijah. really dangerous. Yeah. And they and they found like they actually diagnosed it as a miscarriage and did a DNC and then like I went away for a few What's weeks. What's a DNC? Uh, that's when you have a miscarriage. Yeah. They like you they told me I had a miscarriage and then they sent me home <laughs> for a while and then I came back like two weeks later because my doctor was like let's just make your, sure your numbers are back down to normal mm-hmm. and I was she was like you're still pregnant you need to come back in <gasps> and being super naive like I was like oh I'm still pregnant <laughs> but meanwhile a DNC right. means they scrape out your uterus so like there's oh. literally no chance there's a baby in there anymore so it was in my tubes and so then they had to do surgery and remove my tubes because it was too far along. It's life-threatening. Yeah. And so I, there was like a lot of confusion surrounding that. So when I got pregnant with Elijah via in vitro, um, I was like, no more mystery. Like I kind of want to know everything about this child right now. So Mm -hmm. we did know it was a boy. And the second that the woman said it's a boy, I literally had this incredibly strong premonition. You are going to have two boys. So we did not find out with Sasha and I was for sure she was another boy, 100% sure. It was the exact same pregnancy, and her name was Nathan Patrick. And I literally, <laughs> the entire pregnancy, referred to her as Sweet Baby Nate. So can I call her Sweet Baby Nate? Sweet Baby Nate. And then she came out not, and literally when she came out too, my husband did not, the doctor like, re, like heads out, and my doctor looked at the my husband, the husband, my husband, and said, do you want to call it or am I going to call it? I think he got like kind of thrown off because she didn't know what it was either because they right. hadn't noted it. Right. And he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll call it. So then she came out and all he said was, there is no penis. <laughs> so all I thought was my baby boy has no penis. <laughs> Where to God? Did he leave it inside? Uh, so Did yeah, break up where all the way is out? it? You know, you know, they all they do like the balls are huge when they came out. So like, there can be some confusion about whether that's what that is. I mean, you remember what that looked like? Yeah, it was like. I mean, being a woman, you're like, what the fuck is that? What's happening? But the nice thing is when you're wiping them, like there's no crevices to get in. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Anyways, um, I my doctor looked up between my legs and was like, it's a girl, and I was like, oh. Got, but then I got really freaked out because I just wasn't expecting a girl. Right. But 
Yeah, I was really ha- I don't know. I, I was really happy that it was a boy when the first one. I don't know what I thought or what I don't think I really wanted anything, but I was pretty excited then. He was a crazy toddler though. I'm sure Max was probably too. Not as crazy. Really? I mean a little bit, but I just remember he was like you would I would scan the room and be like, what could he get into? And it would all look clear and I had gates and I had soft corners on everything. Mm-hmm. And I leave the room for like less than a minute and whatever the one thing he could get into, it was like he had like climbed the, you know, the hutch or something, like mm-hmm. something bad. And so when I had Sasha and she would just sit and like color, I was like, what is wrong with her? Well, I, I thought like, that she was like, bra- like something was wrong with her brain. Like, right, why right. isn't she doing bad things? Like, right. because all he did, although now he's super easy and she's super child. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's because they're teenagers. Exactly. Yeah. I think girl teenagers are probably harder, but I don't know because yeah. I don't have a boy. But what was Max like? How, what was all that like? You Wait, you got pregnant just regular, right? Regular just way? Regular. <laughs> straight up regular. Yeah, straight up regular. Old sex, school. <laughs> yeah, same, yeah. same, same, same. Yeah, not us. We, um, actually, that's yeah. not, we had tried for two years and had done in vitro to get pregnant for Max. Don't and then... Mouth, oh, sorry. Um, and nothing worked. And then we relocated here to California. See? And that's all you need. There's something <laughs> Some in the sunshine. water, quite literally. <laughs> uh, because six weeks after we got here through nothing, I didn't have a doctor here at all. I got pregnant. Wow. Really? Yeah. You know, though, I mean, there's uh, everyone always, it's so funny because people say that to me all the time. Like, well, so you're so stressed when you're going through yes. it, you know, is this going to work? Was, so people kept saying to me after we had Elijah, oh, now you'll just get pregnant. I'm like, yeah, no, I don't have tubes. Like I always, right. and then, and they don't even know how to respond to that. They're like, uh, oh, and I'm like, yeah, I mean, it would have like the baby would have to like dig through, the, you know, jump. Yeah, right. Like it's not, <laughs> not happening. <laughs> Some kind of suspension cable, like a Batman retractable people belt. Right. That. But now that I'm in my late 40s and cool. all my friends are like either still taking the pill or doing an IUD, like I'm like, I don't have to do anything. Yeah. I don't have tubes. Yeah, that would, be, that would be sweet. They took both your tubes out? They did because they were worried that the other had, it's your tubes are like um, tissue paper. Mm. So the slightest little tap or, you know, scarring will cause. And at that point, I said to her, she goes, if I think that there's a chance the other one's damaged, I'm going to take it because I don't want you to go through the skin. And I was like, and she had said to me too, we got pregnant really fast that first time. Right. She, before I went in, she said, I promise you, you're going to get pregnant. We're just going to put the bun in the oven ourselves. Awesome. And I was like, take them both. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, your health is yeah. more important than yeah. there And also, if you do in vitro and you still have that other tube and it's not tied off, there's like the chance that Another fluid could um, drop in and it could hurt. The pre- and I was oh, like, yeah. Oh, no. oh, complicated. I know. I learned I, a lot. I got pregnant funny. on the pill. You did. I did. That's some strong sperm. That's Bert's superpower. <laughs> you thought it'd make people laugh. It's really super sperm. No, I had. Uh, I was on the pill, and but I had been had some hormonal imbalance where I had a lump in my breast, and my doctor was like, "I think this may be your birth control pill. Let's change them and see." But it was like three or four months after I had changed pills. And I got pregnant. So I think I just had some kind of funky hormonal shift related yeah. to those pills changing, even though it was plenty of time, as f- according to the doctor. Yeah. They just didn't work. But so what a blessing. Well, you know, in all honesty, um, I don't think I would have ever gotten married or had kids if it hadn't happened that way. I think it was divine intervention. Really? I think, yeah, I do. Because I, I would never have willingly just said, yeah, let's get pregnant. We weren't married. Right. Um, we were had been dating for over a year and you know in your early 30s you kind of know 
whether this is going one way or another but i you know based on my background with relationships i mean my mom's in her sixth marriage my dad's had two and i i didn't have any good you know feelings about any kind of getting married and staying married and i had no siblings and no step siblings so i was just i just never thought i would have kids and then so when i got pregnant on the pill I said to myself, that is God's way of saying this is your path. Mm-hmm. You don't have a choice now. Now, anytime I was always a bouncer, like, yeah, you're too much drama. I'm out. Well, once you're having someone's kid, you have to work through it because all I ever saw growing up was, all right, let's divorce. I'm done. There was no working through anything. My mother would just divorce them. Mm-hmm. So I, I wasn't quite as bad as that but that definitely was what i was doing mm-hmm. like if i just i get bored with somebody and I, i'm i'm done i'm out and maybe you know there's an argument maybe they just weren't the right person but birth's definitely not easy and i could see a lot of times where if, if we didn't have in my immaturity where i would have probably acted out maybe not left but have acted out about stuff that i went no 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 this the good Lord told you this is your path mm-hmm. <laughs> because he put a baby in there from this man when you're on the pill trying to prevent it. So this is where you're supposed to be. Right. So for whatever reason with Bert, this is where you're supposed to be. So because, you know, he's not super easy all the time. But and I think if I hadn't had that, I would have been much more likely to have behaved like my mother, which is not that healthy, mm-hmm. you know. So was kind of a blessing yes it is i mean it's a blessing in a lot of ways but i don't think i mean we may have gotten married but it would have been a long time before i went okay let's have a baby right so i was i was writing i was i had this career i was getting paid to write i didn't want to stop doing that and i knew the person i was couldn't just phone it in as a mom I, i'm just not that way and and you know not to say that women who work phone it in but i i just have a hard time um having i have like one big main priority mm-hmm. and it's hard for me to have two big main priorities and other people can do that great but i just was like once that, that kid gets here i'm not going to be like the mom that comes in and out i'm going to be the mom that's there all the time so so everything else put you know yeah. put on pause which is fine yes now we're cranking up the engine again a little bit <laughs> right a little bit so um so um having boys you both have girls too and both your boys are the oldest right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. girls are two years younger for both about three Three. mine's three 19 months yeah okay all right so what was the big difference between the two what do you think right after they what do you notice besides Jeannie just said elijah was really active and sasha was really she was really chill chill as a toddler um and it could have been me too like she was my second and my last like I knew that that was probably going to be it so I held on to her and maybe babied her a little bit longer but he would never have let me do that Mm. she let me do that but he was like you know he was walking before he was one he was client he was in a toddler bed before he was one because he was um, throwing himself out of his crib like Mm -hmm. he was so active and fearless that Mm. um he just had me running like crazy all the time and she was just so much more chill so from when they were little that was definitely a huge difference right (laughs) i could not believe how different that both experiences were see i think mine's a little bit the opposite actually but Mm -hmm. my kids are i swear i say it all the time i'm like same genetic pool same upbringing and they couldn't be more different they're like night and day and 
Max is super curious and into things, but he's not a climber. He's not, he's very cautious in that regard. Mm -hmm. She is much more active and outgoing, hence nine broken bones. Right. You know what I mean? Like she's the kid who goes out and does that kind of stuff, whereas Uh he not so much. Um, That's interesting. But that's so interesting. So what do you think um, is the hardest thing about raising a boy? What's the hardest thing? Hmm. That's a good question. I think it changes, honestly, from, at yeah. different points. Yeah. You know, because from them being little and now, I think now is so much more challenging in so many ways. Like for both of them, honestly, being teenagers, I think is far more challenging than being toddlers, even though that's more physically demanding on us as parents. Mm-hmm. The emotional stuff that comes with teenagers and managing their world and their expectations and school and social life and all of this stuff that they're exposed to that we never were and how to help them grow up to be successful adults. I don't know. I think that's way more challenging now. Yeah. Than yeah. I, it's so funny that um, what we, and we touched on this like a, a few podcasts ago about how you were talked about the teacher who um, almost got fired for having mm-hmm. the boys open, yeah, the, open door, the door, which I thought was a, great thing that she was doing and that it's kind of a lost art of boys being gentlemen but now it's kind of being poo-pooed on because you know even if I consider myself a feminist I still like the door open for me or I still like being you know treated nicely and having you know who the my husband be a gentleman and Mm -hmm. teaching my son to be a gentleman and that's kind of like a very strange space right now there doesn't seem to be a some people don't think that you know that it should all be equal no matter what and they shouldn't be doing that and it's offensive and I still feel like it should be happening. But also what Bert was talking about with the, you know, that the things that happened when we were growing up and maybe that stuff still happens. But there was a lot of this always like boys. So much got excused just because you're like, oh, boys, you know, boys will be boys. And that I remember that actually used to piss me off growing up because I'm the youngest of three. The oldest is my brother. And then it's my sister and I. And my brother could get away with murder because boys oh those crazy boys Hmm. what are they doing those crazy boys so like they one time did something really bad they um no you know like we're in ohio so perspective like you know we had to kind of find our ways to have fun um but they broke into a school stole the fire extinguisher and invited their football rivals to meet them in the parking lot to fight and then they were going to (laughs) when they pulled in the fire extinguishers all over their cars hilarious so (laughs) they the other school outsmarted them and instead called the police and said (gasps) this school wants to fight us in this parking lot and we're afraid to go (laughs) And so the police pulled in and there are the boys with these fire extinguishers. Then not only are they holding fire extinguishers, they stole them from the school they're at. So anyways, my parents get the call from the police department. We have your son. And, you know, they would just put him in the little holding tank and they're all in there. And they were, my parents were so angry. Like they were having a party. All the parents had to leave. They had to go there. I mean, my dad was like, his head was going to explode when they left the house. (laughs) And my sister and I were like, finally. David's gonna get his. He's in so much trouble. We were so happy. Yeah. And then like an hour later, in walks all the boys and all the parents now, because they've all picked up their kids together, hysterically laughing. What were you boys thinking? <laughs> Everyone has drinks, not the boys, but the parents, and they're all sitting there laughing about it. And I could not believe it because my sister and I were like, if that was us, we would be like 
grounded for a month, you know, like our parents would be furious. But it was like this whole boy, like the different standard that right. boys will be boys. And I still see it and hear it among friends of, my, you know, Elijah's who's who are a little bit more, you know, advanced in terms of their social behavior. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he's 15 now. And what I was doing at 15 you know, is way worse than what he's doing. (laughs) And as a girl, but um, he, uh, his, you know, his, I still hear the boy, oh, those crazy boys, you know, and and that it's not a big deal. So I do think that there's still definitely Mm -hmm. that different standard that we grew up with that what boys can get away with is much different than what girls can get away with. It's much more acceptable um, that they can do certain things and that girls cannot. Mm -hmm. And so... Is will that change over time too? As all of this has, I don't know, but it's still for sure. Now that my son's in high school, there, it's still there. That's so funny. I don't think it's there enough. Oh, really? No, because I go. Sometimes I watch people parent their son, and I go, "He's just being a boy. He's not actually being an asshole. Yeah, he's just got more testosterone than we do as women. Right. So you need to just let him do that. You know, if he's going to. Pick a badminton rack up, rack it up, and throw it across the yard. Yeah, that's not the best behavior. But at the same time, it doesn't make him a degenerate. No. It makes him a boy. Yeah. It makes him, he's just being a boy. Right. So it doesn't mean that you let it slide, but it shifts your perspective a bit. Uh-huh. I think to say, naturally, boys are more aggressive because they have testosterone in higher quantities. And some of that stuff is a result of that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I I when we go back to the South every year, coincidentally, all of our my kids' generations cousins, all of them are girls. There's a boy that's like a sophomore in college, but the rest of them are all girls. But every once in a while, we'll go somewhere while we're there where there are boys their age, and they are so drastically different than boys here. They're like in good ways and bad ways. I think. They're much less articulate. They are much less um, like uh, integrated sort of into the group, you know, where boys and girls are hanging out together here and it kind of flows effortlessly that, you know, when all our families get together, the boys and the girls are all together. They seem to be much more separated in the South. From my observation, Mm -hmm. I don't spend a lot of time there. I'm there a couple weeks a year. Yeah. But I find that really interesting too. But at the same time, they're still doing some of that stuff the teacher got in trouble with. You know, they're still very aware. Hold the boat for the girl so she can get in the boat. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. make sure that you don't leave her behind. Yeah. That's very much in the parents' like radar. Yeah. They're, they're teaching the boy to make sure that the girl is taken care of in in a respectful way, yes. not in a demeaning. She can't she can't get in the boat by herself. It's not that. It's that be be considerate and make sure you hold that for her so she can get in safely, kind of right. thing. Which is you know i think much much better yes and i don't i like i i love that i love the whole chivalry gentleman and chivalry and mm-hmm. um you know our my daughter's been having a rough few weeks and we have sat our son down so many times being like you need to be a you know a really good guy to her right now mm-hmm. you need to look after her you need to make sure she's okay so I have noticed like he goes and checks in on her and asks her how her day was and right. stuff like that but it's like I, I don't understand why people are offended by teaching the boys to look after the girls 
Well, the current atmosphere we're in, right, the mm-hmm. hashtag Me Too, has got to be really confusing for young men to not know what they're supposed to be doing. You know, like, is holding a door okay or is it not okay? I mean, it's got to be really confusing. Yeah. Um, what do you think, Kathy? I think it is really confusing. I think they don't know what they're supposed to do. And I think I don't always know what I'm supposed to tell him to do. Like, yes, of course you should hold the door. But mom, my friend doesn't want me to hold the door for her. Okay, but you should do it anyway. Do you know what I mean? Like, how do I say I understand, okay, that particular person doesn't want it, but that's not a blanket statement for all women and or all people in general. Like, if you see somebody, hold the door for them. Mm -hmm. I don't care, man, woman. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, that's part of being a human in this society like you have to be considerate of others and it doesn't necessarily matter if they're male or female I, i don't know i think it's hard i think it is really hard for them to figure out what to do i think it is harder today than it was when we were kids do you think it's harder today to raise a boy than it was when when we were being raised um i do in terms of the and I'm not there yet age-wise, but in terms of the date rape and the knowing what's um, okay and not okay, I think that a lot of that, as we talked about in the past, is was more, you know, it happened and nobody told. Mm-hmm. And now they will. Right. And that, will, that could destroy your life, you know? So yeah. you have to be, they, you know, you have to tell these boys, I don't care if she's really drunk and that you thought she wanted it. You know, like, I think that that's something that parents are talking to their boys about a lot more. I don't even think that was ever mentioned when we were growing up. I don't think anyone ever talked about that. When my son is at that age where that would, could be an issue, we will be having that conversation a lot. Right. And that would never have happened. But that'll be a conversation that we will have a lot. And I do now make, like if I'm reading a story online or in a magazine, you know, we get, you know, like just about an incident, you know, with the lacrosse team or the Duke players or those things, I make him read that. And I'm like, these kids' lives were over at that moment. Right. You know, hopefully now they are okay. But at that moment, life as they knew it was over because they were stupid. Right. And I don't think anyone ever talked about that when we were growing up. No. Well, no. But I also think, you know, even a step back from that, like kids now are supposed to be open and compassionate and with their feelings, which they were never really encouraged to do Mm -hmm. before. So I think that is probably a lot different than it used to be. Um, You know, it's okay to be emotional. Right. But is it really like that? I think that's also challenging because I don't know that it really is safe, particularly in his peer group or the other boys. I don't I don't think I don't think they think it's okay to be emotional. But like we're trying to tell them that they should be. But no one else is. No. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that's also another really confusing thing. Like, what are you supposed to do? Are you supposed to have emotions? Are you supposed to tell people? Are you supposed to keep them bottled up? Right. And all parents are definitely not doing it. I feel also like when I was growing up, it was kind of uniform that like boys were taught to act and behave and do a certain thing. And I don't think that's happening anymore. Our first 
instance for sure of that was he had his first homecoming dance this past fall because he's a freshman in high school and he asked a girl and we had many talks with him before that about how he behaves and how he treats her he didn't really know her very well we didn't know her parents but everyone went to this like pre-party where we took pictures and we got to meet her parents and she was really sweet but I kept telling him you don't leave her like at this party she doesn't know people you need to make sure she's always taken care of you need to make sure she has a seat if she wants a seat don't leave her side do not abandon her don't ever you know leave her alone like that's just not how you're her date tonight and I don't care if you want to go hang out with those people over there tonight you are with her and that's it but there were other boys at that pre-party um who brought girls who didn't know anyone I mean these girls were coming from all different schools and these are all boys from one school they all know each other and these girls have come from all these different schools and I saw a bunch of girls just sitting by themselves like not together because they didn't know each other right. but just sitting there and I did if I knew the boy who brought that girl I'd walk over and be like hey you know your date's sitting over there by herself I don't think she knows anyone why don't you go check on her right. why don't you go make sure she's okay ask her if she wants something to drink you know right. like right and my son was like mom you you know, but I was like, it's not okay for him to leave right. her like that alone. She well, doesn't know anyone they here. They don't know yeah, that. Right. If you don't teach them, they're not, it's not instinctual. No. Yeah. It, they have to be taught and you have to be like, this is what you do. This is how you behave. Right. Or they're never going to know. And That's I don't true. feel like parents are, pri- it, it was a priority when we were growing up. In my house it was. I don't feel like it is anymore. Well, it was. And there were more social situations where that was required. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, even when you go back to like our pan- parents' generation, the things were much more formal. Yeah. You know, there wasn't, 80,000 things to do the one thing you could do would be to go to the social hall to the dance you know the one Friday night a month where they had live music and so you figured out how those things worked and then our generation it got a little less where we were cruising in cars or doing whatever we were doing and but we still had proms and all that stuff that we had heard about from the generation before or had church dances or right mm-hmm. and there's just we not that opportunity dates, i feel like too where yes. someone came to pick you up i don't think that happens anymore i think they just snapchat we're all meeting here and everyone goes there because that was always like the joke growing up like you know my dad would act really threatening when someone came to pick me up and i would be totally mortified but yeah. like that was his way of saying don't mess with my daughter yeah. you know or i will mess with you <laughs> yeah so uh that was like a joke that i'd be like i dad i don't want him to come pick me up you're not going anywhere unless he comes to get you here right right i want to meet him right but that doesn't happen anymore but i don't like mm-hmm. that that doesn't happen anymore i don't either i think it's kind of sad it's really kind of sad because then is so non-committal. Hey, let's all meet here. Well, I'm not really admitting to you or to myself that I like you. Right. So then I don't have any real responsibility. And if you don't like me, then I'm not risking anything. But that's not really real life, you know? When and you, socially, they're not picking up those skills. They're not picking right. up those skills. And that, yeah, it's, that's really hard. Do either of your sons have a girlfriend? No. No. No girlfriend? No, other than I loved the girl he brought to the dance and her parents were lovely but um and i know that they still communicate but he's not there yet he's not there well that's you know that's okay But we have tons of friends who i mean we have friends whose um sons do and it's just a different also like the the comfort i mean level of um the you know them being together in front like you know Sam who's been on who did this yeah. sex one her son has a very serious girlfriend and they've been dating for a long time and she's darling and yeah. they're super cute together and very committed and 
But like when they're together and you're at their house, like they're together. And even like Sasha comes in, she's like, <gasps> you know, they were making out on the couch. <laughs> they were making out? Wait a minute. They're making out in front of everybody on the couch? Well, they they kiss, yeah. They do? Yeah. Is it really making out or is it just a kiss? Uh, no, they're, I mean, they're together. Like they're, yes. I mean, you, we need Sam here to like confirm. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I think what she's doing though is better than them doing it like sitting in some park. Like I'd rather have them in the house. Yeah. So you keeping an eye on them. Yeah. I would never have done that. Oh my god! Oh no! Oh my god! No. My oh dad. my god! Never. No. God. No. See, this is how times have totally changed. But yeah. they, I think that now parents do feel safer though having them in the house. I mean. I we first of all I never even had a sex talk. Did you have? Did your parents give you a sex talk? God no. I never had a sex talk. No. You never had a sex talk. No. Yes. Do you? I remember your dad. No. Go get the pill. No sex talk. Yeah. So <laughs> have a good um, night. But that even would never have happened in my house because mm-hmm. you know there's nothing happening to anybody. You well, know. you're Catholic. Exactly. I was just gonna say that. So yes. yeah, nothing's happening. <laughs> yeah, you don't that need anything. Happen. I mean, no, you're not married. So it. Um, <laughs> we there was no talking. There was no. I mean, no nothing. So uh, I can't. Like nowadays, like parents are like having this amazing emotional conversation with their child and getting them on birth control and making sure that they have their first experience is lovely. And I'm like, I can't even like, that's crazy. And I hope that I am that parent. I hope that I can be that open when the time comes and have a really good conversation. But it was just so not the way I was raised that it's hard. Mm-hmm. And again, the conversation with him is so different than the conversation with her. Right. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. I was listening to a TED Talk yesterday on a podcast. It was called something like How to Raise a Child to Be an Adult. And it had several different topics within that broad topic. And one of them was about sex. And I thought it was a really great, um, really great piece of information. Um they had said they had done a lot of research worldwide about sex with kid with teenagers culturally and how the cultures are different and how those cultures talk to their kids about sex and i guess the healthiest sex life among teenagers are the dutch Hmm. And the Dutch talk about sex from a very young age, that it's something to be enjoyed and something to be shared and something very natural and that you do it with the right person for the right reasons. But that that their their culture is very open about sex. There's no taboo. There's no secret. There's um, no like there's there's no, you know, the penis is strong. And we just one of the examples she gave was. In America, when you're talking about, you know, kids' bodies, they'll go through the the boy's whole body. And, you know, the penis is the pee-pee or the wee-wee or whatever you call it. But most people will go from the waist to the knees to skip the whole thing for a girl. They don't talk about the vagina. It's just not named for most people in the United States. So somehow subconsciously that means that that's taboo. That's not something we need to deal with. That's not something you need to learn or know about at all. And what a message that gives both sexes in the U.S., uh, both male and female, is that, you know, the pee-pee is woohoo, and then there's just, there's nothing between the waist and the knee. It's just a void. <laughs> I was like, wow. I mean, we called it uh, the vajay yeah. from very, it was our, our vajayjay from, we always talked about it, but yeah. we're not really a normal family in a lot of ways. So I thought that was really interesting, and I thought the perspective of, now, In saying that, I remember being a toddler-ish, and I remember my grandmother, my mother's mom, was at our house. My parents were still married. We were living in a farmhouse 
on my other grandparents' property. And I remember her helping me put my underwear on. So it must have been probably before kindergarten. And she would go, oh, don't touch that. Shoo, shoo. Don't touch that down there. Shoo, shoo, shoo. No, 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 no. Shoo, shoo. About my vagina. <laughs> I remember that very vividly. Wow. So I was like, not only was it not talked about, it was dirty. Like, right. ooh, you shoo, can't touch shoo. it. Don't touch that. Ooh, shoo, shoo. Keep your hands off that. Shoo, shoo, shoo. Oh, my gosh. So I wonder... That's amazing. I remember that very clearly. And I think, well, and my mother was so promiscuous, you know, when she was single. And 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 that was her mom? That was her mom. Wow. So I I don't know that I ever really, uh, sex to me was about like control. It wasn't about pleasure. Like you really should enjoy yourself. I mean, God made it pleasurable. For a reason. I feel like I've right. said, I've talked about God so much in this podcast. I'm not even that religious. <laughs> you know what I mean? Whoever made our human yeah. body made it have a self pleasuring uh, mode, you know? So, and we're like the only species on the planet that has that. So, why would it be there if it weren't meant to be experienced, you know? So, why don't we talk about that with our kids? Not that we need to talk about it when they're 10 but at some point there should be a natural place where you go okay here's the skinny this is actually a really beautiful thing that you do with your husband or that you do with someone that you really care about and it's not it's okay if you stop doing it with that person you do it with another person as long as you're you know from a healthy place and that part of your body is uh is part of your body and you should maybe know how it works and <laughs> what's going on down yeah. there. Uh, Halston told me to watch this show on Netflix called, what's it called? Um, it was something like Embarrassing Bodies. Embarrassing Bodies yeah. on Netflix and there's one about the vagina. So I watched it the other day and they, they have this giant inflatable vagina. <laughs> like, I mean, it's like eight feet tall and like probably six feet wide that they inflate in a mall. And it's got that, like, it looks like a pool float, but it's a vagina with like the hair oh and my the lips God. and the clit. And it was insane. It was a whole it. huge vagina. And they do this kind of like with the big pointer. Does anyone know where the vulva is? And they're pointing at it. And I'm like, where was this? This was on Netflix. But what 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 era, what country did this float? In the UK. Oh, well, I was going to say in, in Denmark. Like, right, right in Denmark. It's still not Dutch? here. Because, right. Aren't they the happiest people I was going to say, the damn Dutch, they like have everything. They're the like, happiest people. Like the happiest people. kids. They're like best education. Yeah. Like, so they're doing it right. They're apparently. doing something Clearly. right because they're like the happiest people in the world. Yeah. Yes. But I don't know. I just, I think that's that's something to really think about. You know how because yeah. we are not there yet. You, Jeannie, are rapidly approaching yeah. that part where you really need to sit down and have a serious conversation. Because you know, I think the perspective when we were kids were you know girls were to be conquered, sort of. Right. I'm mm-hmm. Tap that. Well, ass and that was always that. just the the joke that with the boys. You know, you the you know keep it in your pants, boys. Keep it in your pants. Yeah. As if that works. Yeah. <laughs> Like how long is that thing unzips my pants itself? (laughs) I get mine of its own. I can't help it. It's just all of a sudden, vroom. I mean, yeah. So I don't. Yeah, we're gonna have to. Yeah. So what do you think? You what do you think you would? I mean, Max. I I don't know if you care if I say his name, but Kathy's son Max kills me. I really think he's Lloyd Dobler. I really do think he's Lloyd Dobler. Uh, I am. Does he have a boombox? 
He does not. He should, I'm going to have to get him one. <laughs> but my point with that is when he falls for a girl, yeah. it's going to be over. Yeah. Okay. He's going to be dead. Be terrible. Yeah. It's going to be awful. It breaks my heart thinking about it. Because rarely does your first love work, right? Yeah. Especially now. And I, I, Lloyd Doppler got her. Lloyd. Yeah, but for how long? For Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but for how sure. long? I know. She married the guy from the Beastie Boys. Yeah, stupid. And then we never saw her again. <laughs> yeah, we never Max saw her again. Beastie Boys. He enveloped her personality be. or something because she just left entirely. Yeah. But yeah, I think about Max all the time. I worry about Max. Like I don't worry about Elijah. He's mm. going to be fine. And uh, or Billy, although he or is super right. sensitive, he is. But he's not like Max. There's yeah. something about little Max yeah. Franken where I go, he's just going to be dead. I think the meat. one thing, the other interesting thing with the boys, and I'm curious if Max is like this too, and with um, with Sasha, like literally the mood could change in, I don't, it's like faster than a split second. Like mm-hmm. she's fine and then she's not. And I know that that's like a lot of hormonal stuff going on, but it's just like, a, like she's okay, she's not okay. I mean, she can go from being completely crazy to... I go ask her a question. Oh, hey, what did you want? And she's like, I was thinking. And then it's like totally fine. And I'm like, wait, what happened to crazy person who was here 30 seconds ago? Him with my son, he really wears his heart on his sleeve. Mm-hmm. Like if he's in a bad mood, he's in a bad mood. It doesn't just happen. It is what it is. And he'll even be like, I'm upset because. And he says why he's upset, which is pretty amazing. Yeah. I, but it's not. He's moody because of his age, but it's not a roller coaster. Right. And is, are you experiencing the same? A hundred percent. I think my daughter might be bipolar. <laughs> I swear to God. I like she's 12. She is, she is 12. But like 12. she yeah. is like, uh, like literally you take a breath and it's a different human standing in front of you. Yeah. I though my daughter is the, the past few days have been have been like some like she's doing a lot better because she switched schools. But she uh, it was for a while there. I could not. I, I thought. Um, we we got a therapist we, in who I love, but now I'm like I literally text her and I'm like, can you talk to her about this? Like I like I, I'm I'm out. Like I'm tapping right, out. Right, right. I'm paying this woman now, and I can't because I couldn't <laughs> deal with it anymore. I don't. Right. Nothing I said was right mm-hmm. ever, and so I was like, I can't. Okay, uh, have you read the book Untangled? No, you have to. Oh, read you have that to book, read it. Jeannie. It is so good. Really, it's really yes. okay. I'll go home and you, I'll. Order you it. really, should. really should okay. because Isla has, is. First of all, Isla has been sick since she's still sick like she woke up this morning she had influenza a and then she had influenza b and now she has a terrible sinus infection so she's in the middle of antibiotics for a sinus infection that's the sinus infection is the seasonal crop going on right now uh, no, it came from influenza B. Oh, it was mine. It, it just morphed right yeah. from one into Oof. the other. She doesn't have allergies, but she was so congested from influenza B that it just developed into this sinus infection. She woke up today totally clogged still, and we're like day three of antibiotics, and she's just frustrated and done. Mm-hmm. So the past week, she's been kind of bipolar too, and I think she's just fed up. Yeah. But she's a lot less fun bipolar than georgia (laughs) georgia was a much more uh emotional bipolar Mm -hmm. isla is like evil like nasty mean like she keeps saying i feel like i'm living in satan's butthole (laughs) i'm like that's really really specific she's like that's what i feel i feel like i'm just in his butthole it's just hot and it sucks i'm like okay oh she's uh, in menopause she's in, well, <laughs> exactly exactly something 
I don't know. I don't know. I, but yeah, I, so that's been a very interesting now that they're this age that I have yeah. definitely noticed is he's just a much easier kid right now mm-hmm. than she is. I mean, he definitely has his stuff, but... Um, but was he yeah. was he harder at her age than mm-hmm. he is now? No. What about Max? Was he bipolar at Lily's age? No, no. he's never been like that. He's not. It's not that same emotional roller coaster no. that you're talking about. I, the hormones it's must definitely just be totally different. different. Yeah. with a girl. Yeah, you should um, read that book, Untangled. Okay, I really. am going to. But now let me ask you this: with Max, because I can't imagine. I've known Max how long since he oh, second he was in second grade. Mm-hmm. He's now in eighth grade. I can't imagine having a sex talk with max have you had you know, one it's very funny because in eighth grade they are required to do a health ed class mm-hmm. at school and it's not about sex although that was part of it it was about drugs and social media and sex and it was like it ran the whole gamut and he of course got placed in it in the fall instead of the spring and i was like seriously like he's so immature right like He's yeah. really young. Spring Another would have been better. Six months would have been yeah. great, right? He was beside himself he for was. this six months. Why are they doing this? I can't possibly handle this information. <laughs> <laughs> he was our total he wreck is so over this Stephen class. He, yeah, he is he so Stephen Might Frank. be related to my husband. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it, so we had a lot of conversations because they actually had homework and they had things to discuss and whatever. And he was really he would come home and be like, why did they tell us this? But you could tell it was, I need more information. I don't understand. Right. Why That's are we why talking about it? That's why he's bringing it up to you. Yeah. yeah. Um, but in this whole, I guess, emotional guise of like, I can't handle it. Oh, Although your he was really amazing. No, <laughs> no. Because the funny thing is he will not discuss this with Steven. Oh, he, it, really? Which is so interesting. Steven is devastated Aww. by it. He's like, I don't get it. Why? I don't know why, but he will not talk about it with him. How interesting. Isn't that weird? Oh, that is weird. That is very strange. And I wonder if it is that whole masculine male thing. Like, dad is dad. You know, he puts him on a pedestal. And I don't know if it's because he's showing emotion that maybe he wouldn't be accepted. Although that... It also could be personality-wise that they're so similar. Maybe. That it's easier you have a when you talk to people about and this is your personality you are able to very calmly and clearly explain something whereas steven is very much like oh max well let me tell you like you know he's gonna be like him right maybe maybe i don't know i don't know but oh yeah it's so interesting because i can't imagine my son coming to me he'll definitely go to darren for for questions yeah, and it'll be talks. interesting to see what happens in two years you know it, yeah. is it gonna switch will he only go to Steven but like and if we're gonna talk girl stuff and mm-hmm. period stuff Sasha would be mortified if Darren brought it up so right. oh I can so imagine I get that. Lily talking to yeah. Steven no, yeah, There's yeah. No oh way. you get it all <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> you get it all Kathy <laughs> got big shoulders this is mom shit man <laughs> i know mom shit sucks I, i've been saying a lot of lately this parenting thing is no joke it's no and joke it's not easy it's really hard Woof. it's hard to do it to do it and do your best well my mother-in-law had a great quote when we were going through all this you're only as happy as your most unhappy child oh interesting <laughs> at yeah. any given time and if you have a very unhappy child you know that's right. your world yes your world yeah that is true that I is think. really yeah. true yeah that is true i mean the lack of sleep the lack of everything is just how much it just rocks your body yeah 
The it's worry. Crazy. Oh, the worry. The worry sucks. Have our parents ever went through that? No, like they my didn't give a shit. Think. I mean, I I'm assuming think, yeah. they did, but I don't know. <laughs> they certainly didn't did wear not. it. My <laughs> dad worried sure. about me, but he worried about... He he didn't worry about the like the emotional piece. He like like we do. Like yeah, are yeah. we giving them the tools to be able to move forward? He was worried about more in the moment stuff. Like well, the interesting know. thing is now because I used to say, I mean, and I jokingly that my mom didn't worry, but and I'm sure she did. Um, now as my kids go through things now, like what my daughter's been going through, my mother every day has been calling or texting how was her day today how did she do and like constantly I was thinking maybe you should do this maybe you should do that like constantly throwing out ideas so I don't know if it's just like later in life she's more engaged and it's easier for her to do it as a grandmother or if she was like that with us and I you know we we just don't remember or like you know we you know we're we were young I was a total asshole as a kid I'm sure I know I'm not I'm sure I'm sure I was um that I just didn't, wasn't aware. Yeah, I think our perspective, you know, your perspective as a child is different because you're filtered through a very selfish filter, Mm -hmm. right? Children are selfish by nature. Especially at this age. Mm -hmm. Yes. So it's all about what I didn't get and Mm -hmm. what you didn't Mm -hmm. understand and what you're doing for me. Yeah, what are you doing to me and how I'm victimized. That's how you are at that age. And I know my mom was not a great mom, but I stop and think about, she was great at a lot of things. She just wasn't completely healthy mm-hmm. as a person. But like every morning I wake my kids up the same way she wakes, she woke me up and I hated it. What do you do? <laughs> I sing a song every morning. Song changes every morning. Shut up. Right now I'm singing good morning, good morning. And Wait, so go, why? Shut up. If you hated it, why do you do it? That's because so I don't know. You can't help yourself. And That's my mother so talked to all the animals. She didn't make up songs like that, but she talked, she had voices for the animals and she would communicate me to, with me through the animal's voice. If I was angry, wouldn't let's do the same thing, do the oh exact same thing. That's so Friday funny. night was pizza night growing up. Friday night's pizza, pizza night at my house. Um, so I do, you know, my mom was really, um, when she was in a good space, she was a really fun energy. When she was not in a good space, she was really angry. So depending on where she was, I think I pulled, I didn't never trusted any space because it would change so quickly and the angry was so intense that I just, I wouldn't connect to any of it. But it got in where I went, that, I, that part of her was actually really fun. Like if she had been able to stay mostly that, mm-hmm. kind of stable, uh, I would have had a different experience of childhood. Well, I think both those things, even though you said you hated growing up with a song, willing to bet your girls someday are going to wake their kids up with songs. Like, oh, totally. It's, Isla Will. It's I'm actually a, a positive. I think it's actually those are fun, positive things that you took from your mom. I took a lot of fun, positive things from her. That's definitely the waking up is definitely one of them. She was very into music and she would dance and uh, a lot. Like if she were cleaning the house, it was a party, except she just didn't wear clothes. <laughs> she would just clean the house entirely naked if it was the summer because it's, it's just too damn it's hot. It's so funny because she was like the completely anti of your grandmother, it sounds like. Oh, my grandmother is a five yeah. foot tall, uh, devout Southern Baptist. And my How mother. How did your mom come out like that? Five, eight. She, probably rebellious yeah. against that. Very rebellious, you know? yeah. And you're kind of the 
both. <laughs> uh, yes, I'm I'm the middle <laughs> yeah. for sure. But my dad's pretty level. Mm-hmm. But I think I have my mom's personality. I just am not mentally mm-hmm. impaired. Right. You know, she had trauma that caused problems. So I think I ha- I'm definitely much more like her than my dad. Right. My dad's pretty cool. You know my dad. Mm-hmm. Do I seem like my dad? Yeah, I see. I yeah. definitely see. Parts a little of bit. Yeah. yeah. Friendly. Yes. Well, and definitely the do it. Your the well the the part that's like I can do that. You know, like the do it yourself. Oh yeah, part definitely. That's that dad, yeah. yeah. You definitely ever. You don't ever look to like where can I go get that? You're like oh I can do that. Yeah, yeah. we can do that. Yeah. Well, I can do that. Yeah. Um, okay. Bert wrote some questions for us. Okay. I I have not read them. So let's see what he has to say. How to raise a boy to become a man who does man shit in L.A. How do you raise a boy to be a boy and do man shit in L.A.? What is it? Like, I mean, think in, well, what, did mean like, in general. Like uh, change a tire. Uh, like, yeah, probably. You know what I mean? Dig a ditch. Right. Ride an ATV. You know, it's interesting because Stephen does a lot of stuff around our house. Mm-hmm. He's very much a do-it-yourselfer kind of guy. And Max has zero interest. Unless he can take apart whatever tool Stephen's using, he does not want to learn how to put it back together or use interesting. it. Interesting. Yeah. Stephen's so handy. Unless it's like... I was like, about to say he's very handy. He's super handy. He's great. My husband likes but, to think he's handy, but I usually have to find <laughs> hire someone handy to fix what my husband... To unhandy his handy. to do. <laughs> um, but he, he, wa- he wants to, right. like, for sure. Like, he feels really good about, like, when he has, like, a day, he gets something done. But, um, but he makes my son help him with everything. We try. And his interest span is very short. For that kind of stuff mm-hmm. he did help me put together an above ground pool max if oh. he's interested in it it's a lot easier if he has a benefit from it <laughs> <laughs> if he has well, my undivided also- attention and talks non-stop for two hours straight that's <laughs> just jabbered the whole time we yeah. put this pool together <laughs> help yeah he was it, a building help. is a huge thing for him if yeah. he can build something a hundred percent or take something apart yeah mm-hmm. like when we need stuff destroyed <laughs> destroyed he's happy to do that <laughs> can you just assemble this to the smallest part, but like please? if it comes to any sort of like gardening or anything could not stand it mm-hmm. like hard work like hard work or you know steven's in the process of refinishing something right now like max can't stand the vibrating like the feeling of the like the sander, sander. Uh-huh. Um, which is you know, a sensory thing, it's kind of annoying. You yeah. know, once you stop sanding and your whole body's still shaking, it's yeah. not a great feeling. Mm-mm. So I get it, but yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Like the other part too is, do they ever really need to know how to change a tire? I mean, you should. AAA. But right, there's always something. Well, that's what he said. I <laughs> you know? see here. Um, ordering an Uber, posting to Instagram versus changing a tire, chopping wood. Like, that's what he meant. Like, how to, right. to do man things. Will they ever need to chop wood in L.A.? If there's a Holocaust, I'd be looking for a boy that knew how to change a tire and chop some wood. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's the hard part is like, I mean, hopefully we'll never need that. Never right. have any kind of crazy natural disaster in which we need those kind of survival skills. Right. But I mean, it's a good question. How are they necessary? Anymore. I do well I do you know one of the things that um, has been a big adjustment for our son in high school and it's been a really positive one is um, his school is not super close to our house so he takes the public bus mm-hmm. and he has a top card which is like a student top card and he 
knows how to take the bus all over now. He knows exactly the numbers he wants to get on. He knows the express ones and he knows if the express isn't running, you know, as often as it is, he can jump on the other bus, but he'll sit there and look around to see if an express is coming and he's actually hopped off a bus and then jumped back on an express behind it because he knew. And they get off sometimes and have dinner somewhere and then get back on the bus. So he's become much more self-sufficient and he knows the LA bus system like the back of his hand now. So that's I actually feel really good about like we he doesn't use a lot of lifts or ubers because number one i'm not going to pay for it that's ridiculous he can get on a bus right right but it's so funny because when i say to people they're like oh how does he get there and i'm like the bus and they're like oh there's a bus like they have a, and i'm like not a school bus he gets on the public bus and right. that's how he gets there he's met tons of people the drivers all know them you know it's it's been really really good for him well i want to talk to you about that for georgia yeah because i was like i wonder if i just Cinder with Elijah and Billy. Yeah. <laughs> Let her get used oh, to the bus. Oh, and there's a time. There's about 10 kids who get on there. That's what I figured. And then he get, takes it home every day. Well, that's what I figured. And then if she could take the shuttle from your high yes, school to her high school. And then all she has to do is do it the shuttle. It literally drops him off. The bus drops him off across the street. But there's been some funny stories. A good friend of his did fall asleep on the bus. <laughs> And went past their stop. <laughs> and they were behind his bus. So he calls them and he doesn't, re- like he's kind of out of it because he woke up and he's like, where are you guys? And they're like, oh, we're get, you know, we're at Balboa and they get off at White Oak. And so he's like, we're at Balboa. And he's like, I don't know where I am. I passed our stop. So they do find my friend. <laughs> oh my God, that's hysterical. <laughs> and see where he is. And they're like, dude, you need to get off at the next stop. And you need to, so he had to get off, go across the street, come back the other way. So there have been some, some amusing stories of, of bus rides with them. But, That's pretty funny. But they like they actually really like it. And I'm not driving out there at rush hour to pick him up at six o'clock at night. Yeah, he's getting on the bus. Right. There's no way. It takes me 15 minutes round trip to leave my house and pick him up from the bus and come home. That's what I'll do. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. <laughs> that's pretty sweet. All right. His next thing is toss, toxic masculinity and how in male situations that is the norm versus empathy. Yeah, and I don't know how you change that. I don't either. Um, Because I can't even begin to get in their brain. But it is, there was a mom. I don't even know that it's their brain. I think it's the culture. Yeah. I think that hasn't been overcome. Like, you're still expected to be this manly man. And I don't think we see what he's, in in terms of what he's talking about, the toxic masculinity, a lot of the language and things that are said, we don't see it or hear it. It's things that are said between guys. Yeah. but and I don't check my kids' phones. Mm-hmm. But there was a mom whose son was on my son's soccer team who came up to me and goes, "Oh my God, this soccer, this group text. You know, they had this soccer group text. She's like, what they're saying, it's disgusting. These boys. Like, I don't know if I should say something. And I was like, what are you talking about? And she's like, well, your son's on it too, but he hasn't really said anything. But God, you know what they're what they're reading, what these older boys because they're freshmen and there were se- juniors and seniors on it, what they're saying and. I said, what? And she's like, you know, we're talking about sex and this and what they do to girls. And I was like, and I became that mom who was like, boys, like, I really don't. When she's like, you have to read it. I'm like, I don't read my son's phone. I'm not reading it. And she was like, no, you, you'd want to read it. And I said, I I don't want to read it. Like, I don't really, it's not something that I need to read unless my son has said something really, really outrageously offensive. I don't need to read it. But that I even was like boys but apparently she said they were saying really horrible things about things they want to do to girls or that they've done to girls because these are older boys and I just was like in my head boys they didn't say anything about raping a girl or hurting a girl this is just what was happening and I just they just want to put their penis wrote it off as boys (laughs) (laughs) well you know in that podcast that I listened to again 
actually there's like three parts of this podcast one of them i want to talk about in a different podcast than today but one of the experts in this ted talk uh, was talking about our generation of parents have become uh, checklist parents where our kids run on checklists do you do your homework do you got your soccer stuff do you got this do you got this there's so few opportunities for them to be left to their own devices because we're not the same parents our parents were we're not raising latchkey kids as a generation we're not we're not raising kids that go out and just play and scrape their knee and get up and recover and get themselves home or get lost on a bike ride and figure that that's not who our kids are as younger kids so it leaves them uh paralyzed in a certain way to 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 figure out right from wrong so unless mom or dad says here's the right here's a wrong they can't figure it out and this woman's research said that's why kids are going to college and then when they graduate college they don't know what to do because they don't have a checklist Mm -hmm. and mom and dad have to figure out what they're supposed to do next and how doing what you're talking about which is not getting on his phone and not reading all his text messages is better so that you can give him here's the tools this is how you treat a woman this is how you talk about a woman this is how you behave with a woman this is the, this is the right and the wrong of sex with a woman um, and you make your decisions you have to trust him yeah. and, and trust that g- giving them the foundation is enough and not being all over them and Mm -hmm. saying well you wrote this in this text message and that was terrible you know i I kind of like that theory well because then i think they just will find a different way to hide it it's repressed right yeah and you know some of those things the boys will be boys about sex are it's this is a hard because i think the environment we're in now is like women should be respected at all times for every reason and i think that permeates through everything through race through religion where no one can have an uh not even a negative but an off-color thing to say about any of those hot topics so you can't say you know uh, you can't make a, a, a state a stereotypical statement without it being construed as a racist statement or a prejudicial statement right so like women cry or something well, women do cry more than men they, we are more emotional than men so there's that stereotype is based on a truth so if anybody were to make a comment being like oh she cries or something then that's taken to this big big place when really we can't then we can't laugh at each other about anything or have any kind of way of figuring out what your correct barometer is do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. if you just go well i have to be correct because that's what everybody else is saying is correct is different than learning it for yourself in a certain way and saying like you know oh i just heard one the other day someone made a joke like a comic wrote a joke and it was a joke based on a stereotype and someone got really offended and i thought but you do understand that he's a comic and the point one of the points of comedy to me is to get you to reflect on the things that are appropriate and the things that are inappropriate so that you can choose your own barometer where you go okay well that's he said that can you believe he said that we're never going to say that but that Mm -hmm. was really funny right um I don't know it's I think we're back we're painting ourselves into a corner in in some ways about stuff like the the boy chatter the locker room talk Mm -hmm. right now 
saying I grabbed grabbed them in the pussy, they really like it. Yeah, is not the same as oh, I'd love to like tap her ass or right. I'd love to get me a piece of that. You know, right? Well, yeah, you'd love to get a piece of that, but uh, admitting that you're sexually assaulting someone is a different thing, right? But how do you teach kids that? I guess I don't know. I don't know. I felt very I also rambly. Think part of that point. barometer is context because mm-hmm. sometimes you say things to like your close friends in that environment that may be a little more off color uh-huh. because it's funny and your friends get it they and you know safe. that you're not yeah. right yeah. but you don't get up on a group text that has 15 soccer kids on it and say that same thing because it may not be accepted mm-hmm. or whatever like and i think that's part of learning the barometer like what is okay to possibly be a little more off color on privately with people who understand who you really are instead of like walking into a locker room and be like I love to grab pussy yeah you know what I mean yeah so it's true but the thing is I think some people in our society think those two things should be the same yes I if you say it in private with friends who understand you are then that's that's who you really really are are, and now it doesn't matter that you said that nudge nudge in private with people who know that you really respect women and you make a derogatory comment about a woman and now you're an asshole across the board which i just don't believe is true i believe that stereotypes are based on truth they're not people didn't just make them up and sometimes those things help you figure out who each other is you know I mean, even something as simple as, I, I don't know if you've ever been to a black funeral. It's a fucking party. I mean, it's there. They have a, they are celebrating that person's life. And if I were to make some kind of comment about that, that was like, that was a party because it, it's, they're singing, people are dancing. They're really celebrating that person's life that passed away. The, the, the funerals I've been to have been very powerful and moving and completely different than a white funeral. Mm-hmm. Not even in the same stratosphere. Does it make me a racist because I point out the difference? Right. I don't think so. No. I think it makes me observant. <laughs> and yeah. that's, you know, to go, wow, look at that. That's totally different than my experience. And I'm sure you could say the same thing about an Indian funeral or mm-hmm. a wedding, all those things. Even, you know, we watch these wedding shows, the girls and I, there's so much testosterone in my house. <laughs> but we watch this one show where these four, three or four women go to each other's weddings and then vote on who has the best wedding. Oh my God. Based on criteria. And then whoever won gets an awesome honeymoon. And it's actually, it's actually, you'd think it'd be nasty. It's not. They've set it up where you can't vote for your own wedding. You have to vote for the other three weddings. And you do it in a way that's like, you know, here's, I like this about the reception. I like this about the ceremony. I like this about the dress. You know, and you, you rank everything. So it's not like, I like this one best, this one best. You give it a, you know, eight out of 10. Right. Six out of 10. And all these brides are really positive about it. But when there is a culturally diverse set of four women, it's amazing to watch these weddings. And, and then how after different you watch, they are. And how different they are. And then as you watch a, a season of this show, there are themes like the african-american weddings have very similar things in them and then the white weddings in the south have very similar themes and then white weddings in the north have very similar themes and you go well that's just that's not racism that's cultural that's part of your culture so i don't know i have a hard time with with that right. i think 
that we are just not accepting that everybody is a good person not everybody but the majority of the people on the planet are fairly good people and don't mean bad things when they say everyone's so hypersensitive they're so hypersensitive so how do you how do you then you know i agree with you i think that text message if no one was getting hurt and nothing was like i'm gonna hold her down and fuck her and they you know then then they're just talking boy talk Mm -hmm. and so many people just don't see it that way yeah in la anyway maybe everywhere i don't know what do you think i think it's probably everywhere you think it's everywhere Mm -hmm. okay Uh, i don't know about that but the rest of Bert's questions are one words. Yes. <laughs> so they're not really a formulated question. The next question is um, drugs. You guys afraid of drugs for your kids or you think they'll be any worse I than girls? I think it's different or? than boys. No, I think it's the same for boys and girls. I think so too. So like, I don't know if it's because mine is the oldest and so is yours, our boys. Um, and, and it tends to be a characteristic of the oldest, but it's not always uh, but mine is a total rule follower. Yeah, my my oldest is too. And uh, and control. My oldest is too. Yeah. And so he, um, like right now, like is such a, in control. Like I just like it with that. Anything that seems out of control freaks him out. So right. I'm not worried about that at this point. Luckily, Are you worried about drugs for Max. I worry about alcohol actually mm. more so only because he is incredibly impulsive and like I just watch <laughs> this is so stupid but I watch like if he has a soda like he will suck that thing down uh-huh. because he's so afraid it's going to go away uh-huh. and I'm like you stick a beer in that cup and we're screwed <laughs> do you know what I mean like oh my god what is going to happen I'd be more worried about pouring some vodka in that cup whatever yeah. right. vodka beer like you name it like I worry that he's not going to have the self-control to know in that vein, he's terrified of all of that stuff yeah, at this yeah. point. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll see what happens when he gets older and he's more exposed to it or whatever. But that does worry me. Yeah. More so than than drug with, drugs. Yeah. So if you, if if you had a drug of choice, if your son, if you think there was one drug he would do and enjoy, what do you think it is? Is alcohol for Max? I don't know. I worry that it is. I think it would definitely be more alcohol with Elijah than um, than drug drugs. Bert's supposed to do his drug scared straight drug talk to the kids, remember? I know. I, I keep saying you need to talk to Elijah and Billy about drugs. Poor, they'd probably be so embarrassed. I can't even imagine what he'd talk about. We've had drug talk with our kids. Um, well, Elijah sat in, in the man cave enough, I think, with Bert's friends. He's heard, heard with Joey. Of, he's heard a lot, yeah. Uh, Joey's <laughs> enough to scare anybody straight. <laughs> if you just smell the microphone after he leaves, you're like, woo, I'm scared straight. It smells terrible. It smells like pot. Oh, my God, it's funny. <clears throat> but... Have you talked to them about drugs? Yeah, yeah, we've we've talked about alcohol and drugs. Yeah. And he hasn't been anywhere where it's happening, mm-hmm. but he knows friends of his who have. Right. And it's just kind of like what, you know, whatever. Like that's their thing right now. Like choice. it doesn't bother him. He's not upset about it or um but he just also isn't in a social place right now where he's at going to parties or anything where that he'd be there. But he has friends who are? He has friends who have, yeah. Yeah. And are they drinking? Yeah. Are they getting, like, hammered? I don't know. Oh, boy. This yeah. makes me nervous. 
Definitely. And they bring it in, they use water bottles and they put vodka in water bottles. Mm -hmm. So I definitely, outside football games and stuff, saw kids, you know, all passing one water bottle around. I'm like, hmm, there's water inside, kids. Yeah. (laughs) They don't want the water inside. (laughs) (laughs) They want the water in that bottle. (laughs) I've seen that at our middle school at at a concert. Yeah. In our... Yeah, I see it too. But when you see kids passing a water bottle around and sharing it, there's not water in that water. No, bottle. no, right. no. With mm-hmm. one sip. Yeah. Just the uh huh. Yeah. Sip, little bitty sip. So it's funny because we were for sure not drinking vodka at that age. We were definitely doing beer and wine coolers. Oh yeah, I was drinking Pony Buds. Yeah. You know what a pony is? Yeah. We had oh. Mickey's Big Mouth because it was malt liquor, so it was stronger. Oh my god. <laughs> We drank Boone's Farm. Oh, yeah. I loved our, our, I mean, we would get the two liters of the, the two liter bottles of the, um, of of the, can you imagine the amount of sugar? I like, makes my head spin thinking about it. I know. Of the wine coolers that we drank. But um, yeah, so the the fact that they're even drinking vodka, I mean, I think it's accessibility. Yeah. It's easy. It's fast. And that's why they do it. Yeah. Probably. All right. And then I see so many kids vaping. Which is yeah. insane. Insane. That is so crazy. So insane. And I don't know what they're vaping. I mean, I just see them with the thing and smoke that it could be, I mean, it could just be that tobacco what's, I mean, they flavor it with strawberry and yeah, watermelon. It's like, it's literally being it's marketed like to kids. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm assuming it's just tobacco and not pot. Who really knows? But it, in the end, I think that they're going to find out that vaping is way more dangerous than cigarettes were. I wouldn't be surprised. Which is so sad because there's so many kids doing it. That's crazy. It is crazy. I didn't know that. Yeah. There's a lot of kids vaping. Uh, but do their parents know they're vaping? Uh, no. I'm assuming no. I mean, cause I can't imagine they would oh, be okay with it. Lord. But even, I mean, you know, I was driving the Hayslips home from school and I would go past Notre Dame and turn right on Woodman and there were all these, when you enter their neighborhood on Addison there, yep. tons of kids sitting there vaping. Wow. And I was like, what the fuck? That's crazy. First of all, you're like two seconds from school. Right. Second, right. You're barely off the like, ground. Hasn't anyone told you this is really bad for you? Like I you almost feel like pulling over and saying, although my kids would be mortified, um, like maybe you haven't heard. Right? <laughs> but it's really bad. Like that's really bad. It's gonna be really bad for you in the long run. But they they have to know, but they just are young and dumb and don't care. Young, dumb, and broke. Young, dumb. <laughs> but young, it's like, young, the, I mean, the health issues, it's like my, my dad died of a heart attack 100% caused by smoking. Right. He was in congenital heart failure caused right. by smoking. Right. He had lost vision in one eye from macular degenerative eye disease caused by smoking. Like the every health issue he had as an adult, 100% caused by smoking. And it's just so sad that like kids still do it. Yeah, it's crazy crazy what's sad is it feels like it's on the uprise again i know because of vaping yeah because i feel like kids were not smoking for a while yeah i feel like it went down like i don't know maybe just because we weren't in it but now our Uh, kids are at an age that you know the nursery school crowd wasn't really doing you know but (laughs) now we're at an age where we're around high schoolers and so we're seeing i but i yeah i have no idea whether it was down they're trying to really like you know market it as that it's not cool but i think it's kind of cool now so that's crazy i know all right his next one is swing first in a fight <laughs> i'm wondering though uh, were there a lot of fist fights in your school when you were growing up there's one every probably two months in my school somebody got in a fight which was really not a fight it was like a bam bam and it's over um there were 
there were fights, not terrible at mine, but there definitely were. And or and you like there were even the pre-planned ones. I wouldn't go to them because it totally scares the shit out of me. But yeah, like yeah. behind the school today, like that definitely happened when I was growing up. I mean, my brother was doing it, but like they so it for sure happened. At, um, Elijah's middle school, which is different than the one that our girls are at, there were definitely fights. I don't know if there are or not. At theirs, heard of but it was very funny because it was there's a huge Russian and there's a huge Armenian population there, Ooh. and they would fight. It would be the Russians versus the Armenians. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. crazy. So that like it's a he mob would, war. He would yeah, come home literally. and be like, "Oh, there's another fight today," you know, like, and it was always. <laughs> well, isn't that yeah. interesting too? Because those are two very specific cultures, and they're very specific Who's, within the context of Los Angeles. Yeah, and right? those adults have a very specific sort of history, or yes, and a way of being within their own oh, culture. Right. Yeah, and with each other. Yeah. That's crazy. But I definitely now, I mean, my son plays sports and he plays soccer and lacrosse, which can be really aggressive sports on the field, especially now that I'm in high school. It's a completely different sport than it was when he was younger. I mean, the first few high school games I saw, like my heart was racing because I was like, Whoa, because they're definitely much more in each other's face and physical. And there were fights on the field, which did never happen before. Right. And my son does become a different, he will, he's a goalie. So if someone, he feels threatened and that someone came at him, I all of a sudden to see him stand up and get in someone's face and push him my I'm like what are you doing oh wow but it's part of the sport and that's what you do and so it's part of masculinity in some ways yeah it's Mm -hmm. part of that toxic masculinity but is it toxic that's the thing well for him I think it's part of the sport he has to because if he doesn't then he's a you know weak considered weak yeah but is it so toxic that it's contained to the soccer field in that specific game in that moment do you know what I mean? Yeah. He's not walking off the field. And fighting these and, kids. So he right. shakes their hand at the end of it. Exactly. So <laughs> maybe it's not so toxic. Right. Maybe that is. It's healthy. Yeah. Maybe. I don't, healthy aggression. You know, healthy I mean, aggression. There's yeah. nothing really I mean, wrong with aggression, is there? I mean, as you said, I mean, with all that testosterone, sports. they have all this, you know, like. Yeah. For yeah. them to repress yeah. a natural thing is really bad. Right. So. So they're getting it out. Maybe so it's better. It maybe it's better. Maybe it's better than getting it out there. Right. I think it is Maybe. better than meet me behind Where, the school. Like, right. I have some fire extinguishers. Like, <laughs> I'm going to take care of your ass, right? And what? Like it's a push. Yeah. Right. And then it's well, it has led to more. Well, okay, not for my kid, but definitely other kids. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. And then they have to go okay. sit on the sidelines and feel bad about what they did. Good. Because they're not allowed to play anymore. <laughs> but see, kind of like hockey honesty, when they put them in the penalty box. I'm not sure right. there's enough of that, really, yeah. because I think now that we're talking about it, I think it does become covert. Like it leaks out in other ways. It leaks out maybe sexually. Uh, it leaks out maybe in bad behavior in other ways. I mean, there are boys at Walter Reed that do stuff where you go, really? You're in middle school and you're doing that? That's kind of really inappropriate. But he doesn't have an outlet like a sport or something that's that he can get those kind of testosterone feelings out in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when we were kids, you just ran around all the time and we're on bikes and you rode your your dirt bike and you you know guys could go hunting if they wanted to or fishing or do those kind of masculine things in a different way they don't really have an outlet here unless Mm -hmm. you are in an organized sport right in la which in la is expensive and competitive yeah and massively competitive serious yeah it's no joke you have to have a parent who's committed who's getting you to all those practices and all those Mm -hmm. games and um it's a lot it's crazy Mm mm-hmm all right, his next uh, one word is masturbation. <laughs> it happens. 
It does? <laughs> Heck yeah. All the time, I'm assuming. You would hope. I'm assuming. <laughs> listen, I am now at the stage, my son is 15. I really like, I make him do his own laundry. Yeah. Um, and I make him strip his own bed when we're washing sheets. because And, and it's not because I'm trying, I mean, I am trying to make him learn these things. I don't want to touch it anymore. For fear of what I of might what touch. what you'll find. <laughs> right, right, right. Am I right, but you know, the, <laughs> Should I be scared of touching my 15-year-old clothes? <laughs> you know, I am. I'm scared because it's going to be like crusty and hard and I don't want to touch it. You know what? <laughs> Back to the inflatable vagina. Yes. Were you ever talked about masturbation as Never. a young lady? Oh my no, God. Oh my God. No. I didn't even tell my parents I got my period, let alone. <laughs> I didn't. I had an older sister and a mom who both got theirs. So there was stuff. Like I literally, I think my mom started seeing more gone and just bought more and never even asked me oh if I got my it. Oh, God. Really? Wowzers. No. You guys, we didn't talk about things. We're yeah. Italian and Catholic and Irish. Half Irish, half Italian and Catholic. Yeah, but are you going to talk to your daughters about masturbating? Have you talked to your sons about masturbation? Uh, I have not. I don't think my husband has, and I'm assuming it's happening. I mean, the, sh- the well, length of the showers. But do they alone. talk about that in, like, Max's eighth grade sex talk? I think they did, mm-hmm. actually. Um, he, we didn't have a conversation about right. that. And he's not there yet. Right, right. Um, I mean, he will be when he's a little bit older, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But Well, shit's going mm-hmm. on down there already. I think yes. that they I mean, probably yeah, covered it, hopefully, in my son's health class, too. Although, if he's in Catholic school, do they tell them it's a sin? Good question. Good question, yeah. That's a really good question. I don't know. But, but my point is this. <laughs> okay, most uncomfortable subject to me, more so than sex, is masturbation. I can't imagine having a conversation with my daughters about masturbating. But, oh, oh so you know I know I mean? for the girls, yeah. it's different. For the boys, I feel like it's something they kind of have to do. It's like this release, and I feel like it's just a part of, like, their day. So then the flip side of that for a woman is, what's the purpose of masturbation for a woman? Is it to learn how their body works? Is it... Because we talked about this in my sex episode. You guys weren't, you were in my sex mm-hmm. episode. How were you talking about how yeah. you learn how your body works and how, because every woman's, di- a guy's pretty standard. You tug on the thing and eventually yeah. <laughs> it explodes. Yeah. But for women, it's not the same. So like backing up again into the, the two things I was talking about earlier, the, the inflatable vagina that we don't even know all the parts. We don't even know how it works. People don't even know really what it looks like. Some people have never looked at their own vagina. So it's so, you know, not what we talk about. And then go to the Dutch who have a very open, relaxed feeling about sex. And they're healthy sexually. No, no rape, no, no crime like that really happens there. Um, is it something we should start doing as a society? Because we're going to change society on my podcast with 1,200 <laughs> yeah. people who listen. No. I mean, seriously, is that something that we should think about talking about with, with our, our girls? Daughters? And because, at what age, right? And at what age? Right. I feel like the age is different a little bit. Mm-hmm. Because I do feel like for boys, it is more of like a need. Like it almost has to happen. Yeah, yeah. I don't know that at girls It's like that brushing age, their teeth. It has to happen. But I agree. You're probably right. I can't even imagine talking about masturbation. But no. With my daughter. But I think girls are I less feel curious like that's, at that, that age. should probably happen. Mm-hmm. Well, are they less curious or, are, or is it something that's culturally taboo? Mm-hmm. You just don't do that. I know in well, the Baptist religion, as in the Catholic religion, that's not okay. Mm-hmm. You, are, you are not to masturbate. That is against the religious law. So then that's not even an option, right? But I remember having orgasms in my sleep. 
So I would have wet, wet, and it, they would wake me up when I was younger. And I really? would, yes, and I wouldn't know what they were. I mean, when I was young, and I was like, oh, that's maybe an orgasm. But then I didn't learn how to orgasm in sex until I was way older. So clearly my body was doing it anyway. I was right. having a, essentially a wet dream. Wow. And then, but I didn't, I didn't understand my body enough to understand that that, that's I, that actually happened. Even in, I didn't masturbate till I was really old. I was going to say, well, so you didn't even need to. Well, it would do it at <laughs> night in my sleep. It would wake me up. Yeah. How wow. old were you? Do you remember? Probably my early 20s. So that's different than 15. Yeah. Well, totally. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I wonder. But then like, how awkward is that? So you're home from college. Let's talk masturbation. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. I don't know how you do that. Well, either. and I, I, you know, also I think now there's like the, you know, we can have that conversation. Right. Yes. It, with girls, it does seem like it's a little bit older. Um, we can have that conversation with them, but they're also there. Um, access to information is so different than when we were growing up. We didn't even That's have true. a computer to like, you know, what are we going to look up an encyclopedia? Masturbation, you know? <laughs> I'm just going to say, uh, don't do. Yeah. No, no can do. Yeah, very yeah. bad for you. Not um, you might go blind. You will go blind. Yeah. <laughs> you just go, That's what they tell you. You'll go, yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, but there are, so like, you know, my daughter loves all these like YouTubers who she learns makeup things about, you know. And, yeah. But at what point are they going to YouTubers? for sex you know right. for information about learning about sex i mean i kind of like feel like they're gonna do that on their own without just even having that conversation although we shouldn't count on that happening right but um here's some research debbie yes. does dallas mm-hmm. and yeah. <laughs> yeah but in your um the body series from netflix um i can never remember the name of it embarrassing bodies, embarrassing bodies. Mm-hmm. um this woman does a vaginal exam and they record it like she she's in a small group talking about certain cancers and stuff that you can have on your vagina that no one ever does they do breast exams all the time but no one ever does a self-exam on your vagina and so they did a self-exam on her vagina and my first reaction was oh my god like oh my god i don't want to look at that oh my god and then i thought it's it's like looking at an elbow if you think about it it's your elbow it's like wouldn't you look at your elbow it's just part of your body why is my knee-jerk reaction oh my god i can't see your elbow and i don't really have that knee-jerk reaction when somebody's penis is on Uh, like this in the same way you know what i mean so how many rounds of in vitro did you guys do before i think we did three okay so when you're going through that Uh when you go through fertility your vagina does become your elbow because so many people are touching it and looking at it at doctor's appointments uh-huh. and your husband's in the room and whoever else is in the room and they're constantly sticking things in you. And so it does literally, you lie down on the table, you go spread eagle, like you don't even think twice about it. Right. But uh, the flip side of that is I giving birth the second time, they're like, here, here's a mirror. Do you want this? And I was like, no, no, I don't, I don't want to see. No, okay. no, I don't need to watch the head coming out. Like that right. doesn't I, didn't, I never wanted the mirror too. Um, because well, I mean, traumatized. Well, yeah, Ew. Totally. Right. Like that's but, not something you want to see. Um, it did become like to me my elbow, and I didn't mind like stranger doctors being in the room, and I didn't like it. Didn't even even when we had um, Sasha, she the there was meconium in the like the um, you know in the bag they get the they have a um, they go poop before they come out, uh, yes. so they have to suction them really really quick. So yeah. there's they call peds like the kids who are residents who are learning in the hospital. And my doctor looked at me and she's like, "Peds wants to come in here because they want to see they it's a teachable moment and do you right. mind?" And so like I you know I'm like at this point a gazillion people have seen my vagina because of 
vitro with both my kids. So sure, whatever. But yes, like 10 residents walk in the room and I'm like, all right, maybe that's a little excessive. <laughs> but it didn't bother me that much. Right. But what you just said, like watching the show, I don't want to see other people's. Like I'm like, I, I agree. I'm like, I mm, no, yeah. thank you. Even though mine became like my elbow. Right. Yeah, I but don't. it's not now. I think that's the difference. Like yeah. giving birth and pregnancy, you're like, whatever at this point. Like there's so much going on. It doesn't matter. Uh-huh. It's not connected but to I, sex. I, I don't want anyone you know, walking into exam now. No, like, I don't want, true. you know what I mean? Although I like, still kind of different. even with the exams, I'm like, whatever. Like, I just feel like I've been like that. My poor vagina <laughs> has been it. through so many different. It's been laid open yeah. entirely. <laughs> it's been bloused out and then put back together. It's been ridiculous. Anyways, yeah. interesting thought. I think I've never yeah. really thought about. But it's, well, you, I probably talk. have the same yeah. reaction that you had to that, where I'd be like, no, thanks. I yeah, don't I don't see. need to see that. Yeah. And she was so appropriate. Like, right. it could not have been more professional and appropriate. It was like a demonstration of a breast exam, which, yeah, you got to see the boob. And I would have no problem insane. watching that. Yeah, exactly. And I, when I called my first reaction down, I was like, this is completely professionally done. Now I've learned something. I, I didn't even know that you could... I didn't even know a vaginal exam was necessary other than the speculum exam and the doctor's exam that you get, you know, every year at the gyno. Um, but anyway, I don't know. The masturbation thing I'd never really thought of until we were talking mm-hmm. about girls' masturbation. And and I think other than, and if my Alhas, Darren, if he has spoken to our son about it, other than to say that's totally normal. Yeah, it is. And that it's okay for you to do that and it probably feels good and sometimes you feel like you need to do it and that's totally fine. I'd rather him have that than to be embarrassed or, you know, like afraid to do it because... Right. But her as well. Yeah. To say, you know, if you're curious about that, it's okay. Just not in public. Just not in public. Not Mm -hmm. at the bus stop waiting to go to your high school. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just keep it in the room. Yeah. Keep it in your own room. Uh Okay, his next word is porn. (laughs) Mm. How do you talk to him about porn? Um, I don't think girls. Watch we already porn. we did have that conversation. You did? Uh huh. I didn't. What, My husband did. Uh, what did you talk about? Um, because some of his friends and possibly him had been caught viewing porn on their phones, uh, and it was that you know we know that that's out there and it's normal and you kids kids are watching it and curious yeah. and want to see what it's all about. But you should also know that that's not normal. That's not a normal, healthy sexual relationship. Right. And that that is not a beautiful thing. And that sex normally is a beautiful thing Mm -hmm. and very natural. And that that's not what you're seeing. Right. So while it's okay for you to, you know, have seen it and all that, you just know that that's not a normal sexual relationship. And that's not what it will be like. Right. Oh, it's hard, isn't it? Mm-hmm. There's now with the internet, there's so many different types of porn. And there's some that are pretty close to what's going on in mm-hmm. real life. And then there's some that are so bad that you just, it's the whole thing is kind of scary because you don't want anybody to get into that stuff that's just so bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't watch it, but I hear about it often from mm-hmm. my husband who watches it quite a bit. Yeah. Road, and you just don't want them to think like, that's real. When I get a, with a girl, I, I right. should try that out. I should do that. It's not going to go over. And my husband said that to him. That won't go over well. That's <laughs> <laughs> not. That's not how it works. What about Max? You think he's seen some porn? He. We actually had a conversation not that long ago about it, and he again freaked out. He was like, "Oh, mom, no!" And he said, 
actually his reaction was I saw it in third grade like something popped up on his iPad and he like it's embedded in his brain and he's slightly terrified <laughs> by it because he was like no no I saw it in third grade and that was it <laughs> I was done <laughs> right I'm over it so I'm sure that's going to change obviously but yeah. at this point he's not he's not seeing it it's not thank yeah, god I know. it's not Again, popping it's up very anyway. accessible like we it had is. all the controls on the phone and then we went back and yeah. changed the controls again after that trying to do it but it's just so accessible it's everywhere this happened when he yeah. was at school i was like I how mean, did that even happen now right? there's you know? like you know i mean when we were kids like they'd have to get like a beta or a vhs tape <laughs> yeah find a quiet time right. when no one's in the house right <laughs> It just was not that easy. It's a lot more exciting. You're making it sound exciting. You're waiting for mom and dad to leave. Then you sneak into the vodka cabinet and put on the porn. Awesome. Now they just, you know, totally different. Okay. His next word is gay. I don't know what that means, really, what his curiosity is about gay. Because I don't think either of your sons are gay, which Uh would be fine if they were. But I don't think they are. No. So... But the, but I know your son has a friend who is gay. Uh-huh. Yep. And how is that? It's definitely got to be different than when we were kids. I think that kids come out earlier than they did when we were kids. It's a safer environment. Now. Uh-huh. They, um, Especially here. In my middle school boyfriend is out now, and he Aww. didn't come out, I don't think, till after college. Right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, and I... I like in hindsight I'm like Ugh, of course he was gay like you know like you idiot you know but I didn't realize it at the time um but now I mean like I definitely like know and see kids and I you know you know and you're just like as a parent you're like that'll sometime work itself out yeah yeah <laughs> but yeah no he has friends and he um he more like the one who when he came out it was more like because it was that friend struggled so much and it was so hard for him it just more felt bad for him like right yeah but they just don't they're not that close not because he's gay just because they don't have a lot in common right not a lot of interests the same yeah they're totally like night and day when does they he w- play sports no no my son does but he doesn't yeah, no, yeah. 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 He's a gay friend Max have any gay friends not yet. No. So he's a homophobe. Is that what you're saying? He is. Completely. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Uh, yeah. None of his friends have come out yet. We've talked about it because he has a lot of um, friends whose parents are. Like oh. there's a lot of like our age group that is that he's exposed to and sees and knows pretty well. Yeah. Um, but in terms of his peer group, not yet. And we've talked about how chances are one of your friends is. Right. You know, or, yeah, so. Some, yeah. You know, like just know. He's like, all right, whatever. They and that it's so true though. Too, I never grew up with my parents having any gay friends, and we have right. a ton of gay friends, and they're around them a lot. Right. And mm-hmm. so, um, a different world. One of my best friends, we uh, got married, and when she got engaged, uh, she, they came over, and right before they were going to walk in the door, my son, not daughter, said to me, um, "Do I call her Aunt Diana now?" Because he refers to my best friend as Aunt Heather. Oh. And so he wanted to know now that she's engaged to Diana, does he call her Aunt Diana? And I was like, yeah. So he went over and he's like, Aunt Diana. And she was like, oh, you know, like all sweet. But it was just like, you know, they for them, like it's so natural and normal. He has friends who has two dads. He has friends who have two moms. Mm-hmm. So they're around it often a lot. So I think it's a much more, less taboo, much more normal thing. So I think as their friends come out, it won't be a big that big of a deal. Right. I hope. I think yeah. it's drastically different from. When I think we were that's kids. a positive oh, thing that's different. happened, actually. Yeah. yeah, that is a big positive that's yeah. happened because 
you know it's part of living in LA too I think yes I'm not sure the whole country is like this but no I don't very like this little bubble that we're Mm -hmm. in yeah is very very positive in Mm -hmm. that way Mm -hmm. you know what I mean but yeah and that's good I think that's just what they're so used to it's not such a big deal anymore it is not a big deal it was a big deal when we were kids Mm -hmm. it was a big deal. nobody I didn't even know what it was when I was a kid nobody I now know lots of gay kids who I went to school with yeah but nobody came out in high school no nobody no. came out even for for me i, the, I remember uh in my sorority that i had a big brother that we all were like he's totally gay and he wasn't in well he didn't well, proclaim himself to be he I'm was like, always well. single <laughs> and he was not out yeah um but he came out and i'm like yeah finally like finally you're free to just be yourself uh-huh. you know before he definitely he just seemed like he wasn't his whole self you know anyway yeah all right the last thing on Bert's list is how to deal with female what is this word oh how to deal with female empowerment and us becoming second-class citizens oh <laughs> that's like a whole podcast on itself I feel like it because who knew they even bit. felt that way <laughs> I think someone feels that way when he has two female dogs, three female chickens, two female daughters, and a female wife in one house. He may feel like a second-class citizen. So, But I think what he's saying is he's been talking to me about this a good bit in general. Like, there was a company he was trying to sell his hour special to. And the hour special said, if you are not female or a minority, we are not interested. And he was like, that sucks because I can't help that I'm white and and they can't help their ethnicity. So I understand maybe now I'm feeling what these ethnic groups have felt, but why does it have to, why does someone always have to be punished? Why, do, why can't we all just go, well, what's the best comedy special? Put that on and not matter. What's going to make people laugh the most? So, is it, so what if it's, Ali Wong or if it's Bert Kreischer you know she's female and she's Asian and he's white male as long as they have really good product why does that matter and I think that's really gotten into his crawl that all of a sudden the balance of power so to speak is putting his life in an imbalance unfairly where some of it needs to be in an imbalance from what he knows and some of it doesn't and I think he's seeing it as he's seeing the part that doesn't and going, hey, but this part doesn't need to change. Why would I be penalized? Because you want more diversity. Why can't I be heard also? And you have more diversity. Why can't my special be on your platform and these other specials as well? I know there's a limited amount of funds, but to emphatically say without even seeing the product, we don't want your product because you're a white man is the same thing as saying we don't want your product because you're an Asian woman. They're the same exact problem. So I think he's taking a bit of an issue with that. So I think what he's saying is, how do you hold a woman up to this place of empowerment empowerment without losing yourself Mm -hmm. and your masculinity and your, I want to tap that ass, you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) In the locker room talk, the appropriate locker room talk, how do you balance the two, you know? How do you, yeah, how do you balance the, you know, just the need for equal pay, I guess, that women have not had and still don't have but yet still make it okay for the male to open the door like it's you know it's like such a 
weird line to try to define that I don't know how you do it. I don't either. I just, I do know though in my employment, you know, like I was the top seller in my office and made significantly less than male account executives who I worked with. That would make me insane. Yeah. That would make me crazy. And when we got laid off, the males, by the way, are still there. No way. They build less than me. Wow. Mm-hmm. That would make me so mad. Yeah. But we were having babies. Uh, but that's not a punishment. I know, but we were having babies. So we took maternity leave and we needed flexibility. Once again, the vagina vagina's made to be bad, right? Mm-hmm. That stinks. Yeah. That would make me so angry. Um but now I work for a company that actually is almost all women. We just, I did hire a male t- territory manager, but we're all women and we pretty much all work from home. So um, it's a much better situation. So I hate to, like, I got laid off, but I'm in a better situation now. So it ended up being okay. But um, yeah, at that time I was infuriated. Like I was so angry. Right. I would imagine. That would make me really angry, especially to know you were the top earner and. Yeah. Wow, that'd be crazy. What do you think, Kathy? How do you balance those two? I don't know how you balance the two because I think it's it's so across the board and you have to assume everyone is genuine and treats everyone equally and they don't. And that's the that's problem. True. Yeah. Like he has a really good argument. Like mm-hmm. why can't his special be on along with the Asian woman? And that's assuming that everyone sees them as equal and the world doesn't see everything as equal. And so they're trying to like... It's almost like reverse discrimination, like going back to the fact, oh, we screwed up. We discriminated against all these people. So now let's go back and we'll discriminate against the white guy because you've had it good for so long. Mm-hmm. But that's not Which, the answer either. No, it's mm-hmm. not the answer. You don't but fight I feel like that is inequality, sort right? of where we're going. Yeah, like, I, I think so, too. And that's unfortunate. Instead yeah. of just saying, you know, the cream rises to the top. No matter what it is at the bottom, the cream rises to the top. The cream being... The good person, the ethical person, the hard worker, the top earner, the best creativity, the best artist should just rise to the top and none of that should matter. But why does it matter? Like, what are the steps? What makes it matter? What made it that you got laid off and the men didn't? What was systemic in that institution that made it like that? Why can't that systemic problem be gone and it just be like take the name and gender off right. off everybody's sales report <laughs> and just go oh top four salespeople. oh my god look what we have mm-hmm. i bet you it would be diverse and it probably would have been mm-hmm. all the women you think so yeah and then so what if it was yeah because you know we were I mean? like, why we is just that had a better too? relationships with the buyers the buyers were right. almost all women Right. The media buyers are almost, it's predominantly a female business. So we just had better relationships. Right. We were at their weddings. They borrowed our things. We were at their baby shower. It's like, it just was like this bond. So they wanted to take care of us more. Right. Um, So whether or not we were better salespeople, we were better relationship builders. Right. In sales. So if you did put, it probably would have been all women. But we also needed three to four months maternity leave. We also needed to leave early because our child had a show. We needed to come in late because the daycare didn't open early that day. All those things that are on the moms, typically, um, we needed flexibility for, which was frustrating, I think, for them. But that's, you know, my podcast that's coming out that, that we did uh, on uh, Drive. Mm-hmm would solve that the, about um, 
the row system of work where they just want to know, are you achieving? Are you, are, are you, are you the top earner? Mm-hmm. They don't really care how you do it. If you're the right. top earner and you maintain those relationships, the rest of it is a moot point. And nobody's complaining that you're not getting yes, back to right. them. Nobody's complaining that they're not getting what they need in a timely manner. Right. Yeah, totally. So if, if the bottom line is being achieved, who cares how you skin that cat? Right? Mm-hmm. It shouldn't matter. But I wonder if that kind of patriarchal way of thinking of being in control and micromanaging is just too powerful. Mm-hmm. And corporate america in a lot of ways yes i don't know i think so so i don't think we solved that problem bert my apologies no, no i don't and i, I think that's a much deeper subject yeah it is a pretty deep subject uh-huh. and i don't really know how to discuss it any other way than it's already been discussed mm-hmm. yeah i feel like it's been discussed to death so to speak the woman female empowerment but i guess maybe not as as it as it affects the male and how they're feeling now and how they're feeling now because if it makes a man feel like he's being pushed down so they can get up. That will build resentment in the male. Instead of helping empower, instead of saying, let's do this together, let's rise together, we can be a team together. Instead of saying, no, 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 you've had enough. It's my turn now. You know, that person becomes resentful, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Instead of saying, let's all hold hands and walk down this path together. Right. And, you know, just be a good person. That's the one thing I don't ever understand is how people just don't judge each other on merit, on who you are, not achievement, but who you are. You know, are you a good person? Do you try your hardest? You know, do you think about others? Oh, well, anyway. Is there anything you're scared of about your boys for the future? Anything you're afraid for them? Concerned? Yeah, will they be able to manage this world? Will they be able to... That's a big fear, Kathy. Treat women appropriately and still be themselves. You know what I mean? Like, how do do we get them to be the right adult male? Right. I I don't know how to articulate it better than that, but... Like the best version of themselves as a male. Mm -hmm. And what does that look like? What will it look like when they're You know, like, what is the best version, you know? Yeah, um, just really yeah. wanting to be a good guy, you know, and treat people well and treat women well and not have a reputation of being someone who doesn't do that, you know, just take his time because he's clearly not there yet and doesn't need to be. We're in no rush. No. I think, though, because I do have a daughter and the girls tend to stay with their moms more that I know I have that but like you know I have lots of friends who have two boys Mm -hmm. and they're worried like about who they marry who they end up with and you know the girls tend to want to be with their moms more so will they take their son away you know will they not have the access to them you know so that you have to work really hard to be that I mean my mother-in-law has two boys I think she constantly kind of gets upset because she feels like my family knows more or gets more communication because I talk more. Right. Then, you know, boys don't tend to like call their parents to be like, oh, you're not going to believe what happened this week. Right. Oh, the drama. This, 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 yeah. this. Where it's like my mom every day is either text or call wanting to know everything and I respond to her. Right. So I think that there's that fear somewhat of being a mom of a boy is someday he's going to meet a girl and 
you know, you kind of like that's the important women and his woman in his life right now, and it's no longer you. And right. Mm-hmm. And how do how do I handle that? And just being, you know, understanding that, respecting the relationship, and hopefully just staying at a comfortable enough distance that they still want me there, and that you know. But you know, girls, like you got to be careful <laughs> what we do. Like someday, you know, making sure that we get to keep them. I think it's easier when you're a mom of a girl. Probably with that perspective, that may be mm-hmm. a little easier. I don't know. Uh, I don't feel like we spend uh, we've spent far more time with Bert's family than we do mine. You do? Oh yeah, a hundred percent. They're very lucky then. I don't think that's the norm. I, I don't think it's luck. I think they require it. <laughs> <laughs> they just went. This house going down. You're not leaving. Well, they, they live here too, so that makes it easy. <laughs> Some of them live here, and my in-laws visit a lot, mm-hmm. so that does make it a bit easier, but. Yeah, I don't know. I think boys do tend to go off into their own life mm-hmm. a little easier than women. And they're just not as big of communicators. No. Mm-hmm. And and so it's hard for their parents to stay engaged in, and in the loop and all of that. And I see that, you know, that struggle with other people. And definitely my friends. I have some very good friends who have two boys, a few. And they're always like, oh, you know, I hope that... Whoever they end up with likes me and, you know. <laughs> well, there's also like, the, it's so funny, the jewelry thing. Like we, I mean, this is like such a silly thing to even say, but like there's like, if there's family jewelry, like, do you give it to, you know, him to like give her? Because what if they split up? She's going to take it. And she's not in our family anymore. Versus if I give it to my daughter, she's always family. Like, and it's a horrible thing because she should, whoever he ends up with should immediately be family. But that only came up because there is a situation in our family where... Um, that happened? Yeah, there was my uh, family diamonds and my brother gave them to, made a ring for his first wife. And so she was her ring. And she kept it? Uh, well, she ended up giving it back. Wowza. Mm-hmm. I don't have any family jewels. <laughs> <laughs> family jewels start with me. <laughs> I'm the beginning. <laughs> so I don't have that concern. But yeah, well, you got two girls, so you're lucky. I know. You just give right. them whatever they want. Yeah, but only got it. one engagement ring. You get it, you get it like June through through yeah, right. January, and you get the rest. Of, I don't know. Well, How they funny. my brother in law gave did give my sister, who's you know not he's he, there's two girls and him, but he's the oldest. He gave my sister his grandmother's um, engagement ring, which is absolutely beautiful heirloom, so gorgeous. And I remember being like, wow. It's a big deal because she's, meanwhile, they've been married 25 years and have three kids and it's all good. But, you know, that, I thought that was pretty impressive that they gave it to him and not to one of the girls. Right. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Well, I think you both have great boys. Thank you. Thanks. They're very great boys. Um, I don't know as Eli- Elijah as well as I know Max, but every time I've seen him, he's been considerate and engaged and he's kind to my kids and he's friendly and open and he's, he's a really good kid. And Max is like my nephew. He's hysterical. I love Max Frumpkin. He's Louis Dobler. He is. We were driving in the car like two days ago. And In Your Eyes came on from Uh Say Anything, the song. And Isla in the back goes, Louis Dobler. I wonder how Max Frumpkin's doing. I was like, ah! By the way, you know, there's like, uh, you know, out of your 1,200 listeners, there's like 900 who have been sitting here for the past hour going, who the fuck is Lloyd Dobler? (laughs) (laughs) Really? Do you think so? Really? I didn't. I've never seen the movie. Lloyd Dobler is also seen. Oh, my God. (laughs) I'm telling you. 
Okay, let me explain. <laughs> One of the best movies when we were young was, and Kathy, you've never seen this movie. No. Yeah. Of course, because you've seen nothing. <laughs> oh, my God. This is such a good movie. It's a movie called Say Anything. It's with John Cusack and Ione Sky. Sky. And it's about a boy, Lloyd Dobler, who is kind of a quirky guy. He's popular. He's really, really um, accepting of who he is. And this girl who he is Diane, what's her name? Diane. I can't remember. Diane. But she's like perfect. She's perfect. She's valedictorian. She's got, she's like going to London to, to study on a big scholarship. She's untouchable. And last day of school, Lloyd Dobler just asked her out. And they end up falling in love over the summer. And he is in fucking love. And there's this one scene where they're making out. And I haven't let my kids see that we fast forward through the makeout scene. There's only one scene that you'd want to maybe fast forward if you have our age group of kids. Where they're making out in the back of his station wagon. And his whole body is shivering. Because he's just... And I was like, that's Max Pumpkin! <laughs> whole body is shivering and she's like oh my god you're shaking are you okay and he's like okay okay and he just he can't he is so in love with her and then they break up right she breaks up with him because there's a lot of stuff going on in her family life and he is distraught and he writes her letters and there's this one part of the movie where he stands outside her window with an enormous boom box and plays in your eyes by peter gabriel best song ever it's so awesome it's one of the best movie moments of all time it is one of the best movie we saw peter gabriel at the hollywood bowl like two years ago and john cusack came on stage shut up i swear to god it was amazing it was so amazing everybody went crazy it was awesome it is truly one of the best movies it's really good I think it's an 80s movie it's 80s and I believe Christopher Columbus wrote it no 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 the guy who wrote um, the guy who was married to the woman from Heart Nancy Wilson who wrote oh yes uh, shit what's his name he was at at the Peter Gabriel concert too big Uh, writer yeah uh, anyway, yeah, great. It's a great movie. Really good. Movie. Cameron Crowe. Cameron Crowe. Oh, that's, that's it. it. I was like, Chris. I knew it was two C's. I was like, Chris Columbus. No, no. no. Um, but yeah, Lloyd Dobler is just the. He just is what you would want a boyfriend to be for your daughter. I think. I think just so adoring and considerate. Although without like the trench coat, maybe. <laughs> no, but that was cool. Which in the was 80s. cool in the eighties, but now it's scary. And they're like Not driving so much. gloves. Now right. it's kind of scary. We think they're hiding guns in them now. So yeah, true. Right. Well, yeah. If we just update the wardrobe, <laughs> right. Lloyd Dobler would still apply. Totally. I mean, if Lloyd Dobler showed up at my house for either of my kids, I'd be like, yes, absolutely, in the door. Come on, we're getting married. I'm ready. Let's do it. He just was adores her. Adores her. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, you'll have to. So there, there's your homework, listeners, yeah. to watch. Say anything. It's so good. My so kids wa- ask me to watch it over and over again. We just it is so good. It's so good. That and Sixteen Candles, which I, has, I have to do a lot of explaining in that movie. Yeah. Um, but, and Breakfast Club and all of those. Yeah, they've seen that a couple times. Uh, Can't buy me love. Sasha just watched yeah, that. Yeah, we love have that. that. It's a great teenage love movie. So funny. It's really good. Has your kids seen any of these movies? No, um, I, I last so. summer made it the hey. summer of romantic comedies and I made them watch Notting Hill um, oh, uh, Sweet Home Alabama all those movies my son was furious every Sunday night. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so this say, summer like, he's like we are doing action is, movies yeah it is yeah. the summer of not testosterone romantic <laughs> <laughs> not romantic you know another good movie that's Sasha would probably love your kids loved was Better Off Dead oh, oh yeah another so John Cusack movie? movie I know he's the best all right. Well, 
Well, hopefully you, you, your, anyway. your boys will find their inner Lloyd Dobler. Yes, that's a good <laughs> thing. That would be a good thing. Well, thanks yeah. for talking to me about raising boys since I don't have any. Well, they're going to be in your us. life at some point. So Yeah, <laughs> maybe. We'll see. But I think as Sam <laughs> well, Fisher is doing, so. I would let him, I think that she's doing the right thing. I think let, have him in the house where you're watching. Yeah. And I, let them feel comfortable enough to be comfortable there, but have them in the house. As long as they don't go into a room by themselves and close the door. He has to leave the door open. But they're in his room on his bed. Oh, I wouldn't do that. With the door open. That's they're just, just talking me. and cuddling. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Uh, I'd want to see both hands at all times. <laughs> <laughs> You see both hands I mean he shares a room with his little brother who's in and out like constantly you know like there's only so much that did you never sneak around with sex when you were in high school let me tell you something I snuck boys in my house under my daddy's (laughs) nose I would go in there yeah we're just studying and go get busy I don't trust that for one second they would be in the public spaces only and then fine if you want to smooch fine but I want to I need to see all hands all the time because I was not a good girl. <laughs> I was not a good girl with booze either. So, anyway. Well, thanks for talking. Yeah, thanks for appreciate having us. Appreciate it. Yeah. Until next time. I got a brand new pair of roller skates. You got a brand new key. I think that we should.